Welcome to Geocache Adventures, the podcast where we explore everything geocaching. I'm your host, Shadow Dragon One. I love geocaching. If you're listening to this, you probably love it too. If you enjoy the podcast, consider sharing it with somebody that you think would love it. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and there's a Facebook group as well, so you can join in the fun and share your adventures. There's also a Patreon page that you can join and unlock exclusive content. Hi everybody, Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and with me today is Keith Petrus, FTF guy from FTF Magazine. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So to start off, I like to ask new guests, first time guests, how did you get started geocaching? Uh, wait, I feel like I've told this story a million times, but <laughs> yeah, the, um, I was used to, I used to follow a blog, uh, or back then, I guess it was more of a blog than it, you know, uh, like being on Facebook or something now, but, uh, the character who played Wesley Crusher on Star Trek, Will Wheaton. Okay. Uh, the person who played, uh, that character, uh, had a, uh, had a blog at the time that I was following. And he talked about going uh, geocaching with his two stepsons. And uh, so it kind of put the idea in my head, but I didn't really like jump right into it. At some point, uh, I, you know, I realized that there were caches in my tiny little town in the middle of nowhere in, in Texas, South Texas. And I couldn't believe that this this hobby had made it to my little podunk town. So uh, I go down to the museum uh, to try to find this cache that I'd seen, and I've only got the Google map view. And of course, I didn't find it. And then I gave up. It's too hard. You know, I didn't have the proper equipment. Uh, but at some point after that, I uh, I think it's the, the key was when the iPhone version of the app came out, when I got my iPhone and I could use my iPhone to actually, you know, pull up uh, geocache locations. That was the real catalyst that got me started. And then, of course, I cleaned out all the caches around my local area. And and and, uh, uh, and actually, not very long after that, um, I started looking for online resources to kind of, you know, look you know, to see what this hobby was all about. And I thought, well, I'll just subscribe to, a, to the magazine, uh, whatever magazine they have. And, of course, there wasn't one. And that's what made me start this magazine, uh, just as a kind of a way to, well, it's something I can do that uh, uh, that I enjoy and, and I can tie in my work uh, skills with that, uh, create this magazine, and hopefully it'll, it'll fly. And it, and it did. So for anybody who's not familiar with FTF Magazine, can you tell us a little bit about what it is? It's all, it's, it's a magazine. I, uh, my first, uh, I've kept this tagline sort of throughout the whole process. It's, it's a, a mag, uh, a magazine about geocachers by geocachers, uh, your words. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's all reader submissions. Uh, the, the 99% of the magazine is, 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 is submitted by the actual subscribers. Uh, so they'll submit their stories about, uh, we have little features that the uh, little categories they can put their stories into discovered by geo uh, while geocaching is, is a popular one. Uh, they're just little short snippets that, uh, you know, you were out geocaching and you found, saw a bike embedded in a tree, you know, the tree grown around it or something like that. Or you encountered a, a fawn, you know, a newborn fawn while you were out, out, in the, you know, hiking. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, and then of course I, I ask for people to send in hints and tips and things like that, and it's all it's all by the readers. Uh, we get stories about events, about uh, 
individual uh, experiences trying to do a terrain five or something like that. And uh, uh, by the way, I should mention right now that the topic of the next issue for anybody out there who might be a, a, a current subscriber or uh, thinking about subscribing, uh, the topic of the next issue, next issue is going to be gone, but not forgotten. And what I'm looking for are stories about geocaches that have long since been archived, but like were wonderful caches that you wish were still around. Okay. <laughs> that were memorable finds for you in your past. Um, so uh, that would be the topic of the next issue. Uh, as far as the magazine goes, uh, the popular features in the magazine are the milestones. Um, I will publish every milestone. If you... Uh, I've even published odd milestones. Normally it's like, okay, I found a thousand caches. I found 2000 caches, 50,000 caches, whatever. Uh, I'll publish a photo of you, the photo you send me with the milestone. And uh, I've even published odd milestones. Like I found 1,234 caches. You know? <laughs> <laughs> something, something there. I found, you know, some kind of anagram kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, it's all just number caches. Uh, uh there's uh, features within the magazine that uh, are really popular. Uh, I hide a, a, a character called Spartacus in every magazine. Yes. And, uh, if you find Spartacus, you get entered into a contest to win a Spartacus pat tag. Uh, there's also a puzzle contest uh, that you can enter. Uh, and uh, let's see, what else? Oh, um, I also have uh, one of the features of the magazine is basically uh, people love path tags. Uh, if you don't know what a path tag, it's a little small. It's a, it's a little coin about the size of a nickel. It's customized. Uh, uh, people order them as like signature items. Uh, and I've got a set called Geoevangelist Path Tags. Um, and uh, what I'll do is if you refer a new subscriber to the magazine, I'll send you a bronze Geoevangelist Path Tag. And if you, if you, uh, Refer a second subscriber, I'll send you a silver with that tag. And if you a third, get you a gold pat tag. And then if you keep sending subscribers my way, I just keep sending you pat tag. We start over with bronze and I keep keep the cycle going. I've got, I think the maximum so far is I've had some people receive like three sets of these pat tags. So oh, wow. We're out promoting the magazine. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh so the Spartacus and the puzzle, have they been there since the beginning of the magazine or did they come along later? Uh, in the last podcast interview I did, I, I we had this discussion about when exactly did Spartacus get into the magazine? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought it was issue number one. In fact, I had a little, uh, we were going to do a little contest. And I was like, what, what, which issue was the first he was in? And then I realized after scouring the first issue, I couldn't find Spartacus in there. <laughs> and... Uh, uh so it turns out he appeared in the second issue the second issue okay and the story about spartacus is that uh, about three or four issues in he had been somehow managed to get his photo in every picture every, every magazine that i'd published to that point so he said something about it was uh you know hey i've been in every issue <laughs> and uh I said, so i contacted him i said hey man uh why don't you uh why don't we make this a feature? You, I'll, you, you, when you go to a meet and greet, just, you know, hide somewhere in the background and, and send a photo and I'll, uh, and I'll publish it. And of course that wouldn't work because he didn't, he, he was always in up in the New York area and it, it, we couldn't just post pictures from the same area over and over. 
So I came up with the idea of just like, okay, well, send me a photo and I'll Photoshop it into some weird place in the magazine. It's a lot of fun for me because I can put him inside a UFO or <laughs> or in, inside a bus. He was on a boat recently. I've done him as cartoon characters. All sorts <laughs> of um, and, and But it's always the same based on the same image of him in, in every issue. And if you find him, you uh, you you send an email to uh, I found, uh, IFS for I found Spartacus, IFS at ftfgo.com. And uh, I put you in this this list of people who who from which I draw the, the path tags. I send out five path tags for every issue for people who find Spartacus. Okay. And if they can't remember the email address, if you go to the website <clears throat> in the menu, there's a place to go to submit the puzzle and the Spartacus. Absolutely. Spartacus and, uh, and yeah, and the puzzle solution at ftfgo.com. So how often does the magazine get published i imagine it's a lot of work to get each issue ready to go yeah it's funny uh, it's uh, the the since the the articles are all submitted by readers who very often are not you know professional writers um <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the I, I do all the production side of it myself all the all the content is is created for me which is wonderful but then I have to go through and 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 do the editing process and go and clean up. Uh, I, I I use Grammarly this uh, uh, this uh, grammar checker just religiously with the magazine okay. and even then something slipped through that I, I I find later on. So a lot of the work is simply editing the stories uh, and uh, and then of course the layout of the magazine. Uh, recently, the creating the puzzle has become a pretty big challenge for me because you know you can imagine creating a puzzle every for every issue uh, a custom puzzle uh, is not exactly easy so you create that one every issue every issue yeah and i i it's uh somebody emailed me the other day and said i, I don't know how you come up with all these crazy locations for these puzzles <laughs> but a lot of times i'll come up with the puzzle idea first and i'll say like okay uh what uh what would be a good look and then i'll search for the location um you know if it's i did one recently that was called crosswords Okay. And I was trying to find some crossword puzzle monument or something in the United States and I couldn't find anything or, you know, some street where it was, it looked like crossroad or they'd done something like a crossword puzzle on the pavement or something. Okay. Or some plaza. I couldn't find it. So finally, I just, I, I found this uh, memorial, World War, World War One memorial uh, called the Peace Cross. And it was, it. so I selected that as the final location. So the puzzle location came after I, I came up with the idea for the puzzle. Um, and I, I do have, I have the most recent, not that anybody can see this on the screen, <laughs> but I, I do have the most recent issue here. And you do always put in, like, you put in the cashier names of who solved the puzzle and received their, uh, the gold seal um yes the gold yeah. seal magazine yeah. yeah the gold seal magazine and they always publish the solution of the previous one so everybody can yeah. can look at it and then there's the the new puzzle and i i've got to tell you most i i have tried to solve these I've never actually <laughs> solved one <laughs> really? they're not always easy <laughs> they're, they're not uh, <clears throat> they're a lot of fun though to try it's mm -hmm. always interesting because it's never the same thing, you know, it's never the same kind of puzzle. You make it so unique every time that, oh, yeah, we did something similar last time. No, no, it's it's, <laughs> it's so unique each time. It's 
the one thing that's probably consistent about the puzzles is uh or more consistent is i usually try to make the the format of the uh of the uh coordinate system the same so it's the standard geocaching.com format of degrees minutes seconds uh uh two numbers two numbers three numbers uh you know two numbers dot three numbers uh so usually the puzzle the components of the puzzle each one relates to a specific number so that's the one thing that's probably uh most consistent about it occasionally i'll do a puzzle that's kind of unusual i did one uh, way back when i first started doing the puzzles that were you had to hold the magazine almost flat to look uh i'd, I'd done these marks on the page that look like tire marks oh skid mark, wow and you had to hold the magazine at an angle to where it flattened out the skid marks and it, you could actually see the numbers Oh, so I take wow. numbers and just stretched them incredibly. So you couldn't tell what they were unless you looked at them at a really extreme angle. Uh, so that was a that was something I thought was kind of interesting. And a lot of these puzzle ideas I get from people who other people who uh, have, have created caches of some sort or another. And, and a lot of them, I'm just I'm just real interested in. in, in uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how I do it, it just, <laughs> <laughs> but I have fun with it. It's, but it is a lot of work also. And sometimes I screw up the puzzle. So that, which is, which really oh. hurts. Me. <laughs> and I have to send out an email and said, okay, guys, when I, you know, on this chessboard puzzle, uh, I got the number wrong on, on number six. <laughs> it's not queen to E5, it's queen, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, so when I do that, I have to send out a, a, like a little clarification. And usually the readers will catch it. They'll say, well, this doesn't look right to me. I, I currently have a puzzle. Well, I won't get into the current puzzle. <laughs> yeah, don't want to spoil that. But Oh, and, and it, you asked a while ago, and I kind of rambled on about other stuff, but you asked <laughs> how often the magazine came out. It's published bi-monthly, uh, which is not twice a month. It's once every two every months. Every two months, yeah. And even that kind of varies because since I'm doing all the production myself, I tend to get behind one month. I might get a little bit ahead the next month. Actually, it's always behind. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to pr produce exactly six issues every year. Uh, and then I got behind at one point and I was having a hard time catching up. So finally I just said, you know, I'm not going to link this to years. I'm just going to say this issue's coming out, you know, at, you know, and, and just keep working on it. And yeah, it doesn't really matter that it's linked. I actually took the dates off the magazine and just started using volume and issue numbers. So, because uh, that people would get mad because, oh, well, I got the December, January, or January, February issue and it was, it's already March. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, a lot, it's looking at the magazine, it's, it's obvious a lot of work goes into this. It's very professional looking. You've got, you know, it, one of the things I love about the articles is you have the articles and then you'll have like little pictures embedded within the articles and you'll pull little quote squares out in it. It, I'll, I can only imagine how much time you have to spend to do just the layout, let alone the proofreading and the grammar check that you were talking about before. Like it's, there's a lot in here. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I, I'm always trying to improve the magazine. And, and when I improve the magazine, it's usually in a way that causes me to have to do more work, <laughs> <laughs> which gets in the way of the production schedule, as I was talking about before. Like that puzzle is is a big time year for me, trying to create that puzzle for every issue. Um, uh, you know, hiding Spartacus somewhere in the magazine is pretty easy because I'm real good with Photoshop, so I can usually get him in there pretty quickly. And uh, 
there's so many things in the magazine that I just do at the last minute. Like I never know what the cover is going to be until the last minute. That's like one of the okay. last things to do. I go through and I look at all the photos I have. Is there anything a reader sent me that I can use? It, sometimes I'll surprise a reader. Their sh their their photo will end up on the cover. And uh, okay. that, I like doing that, but I don't always get photos that are that are appropriate for that. So then I'll start looking at my own photos. I think uh, the issue, maybe the issue prior to the one you held up a while ago, maybe that issue uh, was a picture of me uh, on a geocache. Yeah, that's that's my shadow. If I hold it just and, right. You can see it through the green screen. Exactly. That, that's my shadow. Yeah. And this is the, the, the magazine she's holding up is the one where it's got a shadow over these cracks in mud. Uh, and it's it looks like Indiana Jones kind of things. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's me on the boardwalk in Port Aransas scouting out a cache location. And that would normally be like a discovered while geocaching thing or something. But I just okay. thought it was a neat photo. So it ended up on the cover. <laughs> it is a neat photo. And that one's volume 13, issue one. Yeah. And it is, it is a neat cover. And so you put this all together. And I imagine you have to send it out someplace to be published. Right. Um I used to use an online printing service. Uh, you know, there's all these different ones. You can just send it to send them uh, your PDF to and they'll print it and ship it to you. But uh, I've been working since I'm a graphic designer. I've been working with a local printer uh, in Corpus Christi, Texas. And uh, he one day he says, Keith, why don't you let me do the magazine? I said, well, I didn't think you could do it cheap enough. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Hey, I have to, I have to compete with I have to compete with these online guys too. So uh, let me give you a quote." So I had him give me a quote, and uh, sure enough, he was able to match their price. So I started doing uh, the magazine locally. Nice. Um, and since then, we've had a bunch of price increases. The cost of paper went up uh, during the pandemic. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, but I'm trying to keep the magazine. Um, I was I I thought about doing a price increase at one point, but I'm trying to keep the magazine at the same. Um, at the same pricing, uh, basically, if you if you get an online or if you get a subscription, um, it's it ends up being four dollars an issue. If you look at the cover, it says five ninety nine. So if you if you wanted to order a single issue, you'd pay five ninety nine. If you get the subscription, you're only paying four dollars uh, per per issue. It's a twenty four dollar a year subscription for six issues. So rather than increase the price of the magazine, I, de I decided to let you know the readers themselves decide at what level they wanted to support. So I created this uh, level where there's just bonus swag that comes with your subscription uh, that they could pay a little bit more for and uh, bring in a little more uh, income uh, for the magazine. And then there's a patron level as well. And with that level, you pay uh, $99 and you get bagged. People were always complaining or people still complain about uh, the fact that the magazine comes um, loose, basically, like a regular periodical mm -hmm. and that the postal service destroys it. <laughs> so usually when that happens, I replace the magazine or something. Uh, I, you know, they can email me and I'll say, I'll send you a new one. And, 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 and so uh, that's how I've been dealing with it. Uh, at the Patreon level, you get your magazine in a envelope with a gold seal on it. With, and these gold seals are trackable, by the way, and they're all individually trackable. So you've got a unique trackable code that's on every magazine uh, if you at the Patreon level that you receive. And it's protected by an envelope. So that and there's a coin involved and a couple extra path tags. So uh, I came up with that system thinking, well, I need to I, I don't want to increase the price of the magazine necessarily. I'd rather just allow people to, you know, voluntarily, depending on how interested they were, uh, send me more money. <laughs> there you go. That works. Yes. So how many copies of each magazine are you printing at this point? 
Uh, we're looking at uh, my subscribers ship has always been under 2000. Uh, it's not a huge subscribership, but it's like the most gung ho of the gung ho. That's when I when I talk to advertisers, I say, OK, I don't have a million subscribers, but these guys are the ones who are going to come to your state to do this power trail. Yeah. <laughs> most, most geocachers are casual geocachers. The people that subscribe to FTF magazine are the hardcore geocachers who go to Geo Woodstock, who go to uh, Yuma Swag Yuma Swag event. Uh, these are the guys that you're going to see out and about and and uh, and going to all the different power trails. Uh, and and when a chamber of commerce publishes their uh, their uh, their tr local trail with their geocoin giveaway, uh, these are the guys that are going to go to that trail for sure. Yeah, uh, you do have the there'll be like geo tour ads and stuff in there exactly, for people to be yeah. aware of. And it's always interesting to see where they're at because those, you know, sometimes they only last the first year and then they change mm -hmm. out or That's true, yeah. And the the first issue of the magazine that I published, the very first one, I wasn't sure if it was going to fly, if it was going to take off or not. We had a lot of negative I posted the idea in, in some of the forums and people are like, oh, it'll never work. You can't make money in, mag in publishing anymore. And uh, and they were right in that respect. I never really made much money. On it. <laughs> but, but I was able to make the magazine uh, continue. I've been doing it 13 years now. I can't believe it's been that long. It's, uh, wow. For, and the very first issue I only printed 300 copies. Uh, and there there are subscribers I have today that were have that first issue so uh, that's uh and that's kind of what i was counting i thought well if i can get people uh to subscribe and and then begin to love the magazine they can continue uh, they'll continue to subscribe in the future so it's not just a matter of uh, you know a one-time thing a, a lot of caches are it is a one-time thing i've got thousands of people in my database that subscribe to the magazine for one year or two years and then dropped out uh, but uh and part of the problem, I'd have more subscribers if I did more, more, um, if I put more effort into trying to drive uh, the advertising of it and everything. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable at the, at the level I'm at. So I'm just, I'm not worried too much. I've got another job. I don't, I don't need the money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so as long as the magazine's sustaining itself, I'm okay. It's a passion project. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. So, what is your favorite part of the FTF magazine? Uh, it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like my favorite part of geocaching. I like I like the creation. I like the creativity of, of of creating something. I like the I like putting a page together and looking at it and going, "Wow, that's that looks good." <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I, I like I like finding a particularly interesting uh, one of my. One of the things I, I enjoy about the magazine, people said they like the milestones. Mm -hmm. um, the milestones themselves aren't aren't a big thing to me, but I love finding a photo of a family with the family all happy and 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 blowing it up real big on the page and finding that photo that and 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 making it sort of like a a feature of the magazine. And every, every milestone section, you'll see there's some photo that I've enlarged and put a little call out of their milestone because they sent me a beautiful photo. The current issue has a picture of a man standing at this, look like a, like a, at a lake by himself with nothing all around the lake. It's, it's real pretty scenic location. Uh, I've had people, uh, uh, 
so that 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 the creativity of creating these interesting visuals in the magazine is what I enjoy a lot. I enjoy doing the puzzle, even though it's a lot of work. Uh, it's it's fun to, to do that. Um, and I wish I had more people sending in. I say this every time I, I uh, talk to someone on a podcast. I wish I had more people sending in hints and tips times hints types tips. of artists. Okay. Uh, like, uh, you know, how do you how do you uh, uh, build this specific type of cash? You know, uh, uh, how do you camouflage a cash? And I've had published articles like that in the past, but I don't get so many of them. I get a lot of uh, people's personal experiences, geocaching and uh, stories about events and things like that. Um, and the problem with the story about an event is that, you know, it's specific to a region. So mm-hmm. other readers might be as enamored with, you know, reading about whatever uh, event that happened up in, in some part of the country they, they'll never go to. Um, so I like those stories and I publish those stories, but I, I, I wish I had more stories uh, to you readers that are listening <laughs> and potential contributors. I wish I had more stories that were um, uh, about the craft of, of geocaching itself rather than the, the specific experiences of geocachers. Although those are interesting too sometimes, especially when there's something, um, you know, something crazy happens while you're out and about. Yeah. I, I love do you ever have trouble deciding what to put into a magazine from what you what has been submitted to you? Yes. Um, sometimes I get things that uh, I worry about that are uh, that might be copyright infringement mm-hmm. or something like that. So I have to be careful about that. There's a little disclaimer that everybody, when you send something through my website, a story through my website, you have to check a little box that says that I this is I own this photo and. I get permission for you to publish it. You know, basically this is my content I'm sending. Right. I've had people send stories in and, and then follow up and say, Oh, I just realized I, I saw this photo on Facebook and oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my photo. And they clarify. And I'm glad they do that. Cause I, I, I uh, occasionally not very, and it's very rare that anybody complains, but once in a while you get somebody say something like, uh, you know, I didn't get permission for this to happen. Why, how did this end up in the magazine or something? And I'm like, ah, sorry, somebody said it, submitted it. And, you know, and usually they're, they're okay with it, but uh, that's something I have to be careful about. Absolutely. So how can people contribute to the magazine? Uh, stories at ftfgeo.com or ftfguy at ftfgeo.com. Uh, either way, stories is good because basically it automatically transfers. Uh, I've got a, a automated kind of a email reply, and it'll uh, it'll uh, it'll move their story into the correct folder. And if they okay. send it to stories at ftfgo.com, otherwise I have to go through my email and kind of parse through it that way. Uh, same thing with I found Spartacus. If you do ifs at ftfgo.com, uh, it will reply saying you either got it right or wrong. And then it'll put it in the folder so I can go and log your fine. Uh, so there are a few things. Uh, I think I've got a little disclaimer in there saying, like, hey, this is an automated message. If you if you if you included information you need me to see, <laughs> you know, email me at this address. You know. Okay. And if we go to ftfgo.com, there's drop down links in the menus for all the different submissions that we can do to get it to the right place. It's mainly just a story. Stories. Uh, Spartacus finds and puzzle solving at this point, I think is, is what's in there. Okay. And there's an online store too, that doesn't get visited as much as I would like. I've got a bunch <laughs> of path tags. Yeah. I've got a bunch of path tags and things in there. I've got a new 
uh, product in there uh, called the Spartacus Merit Badge. If you had, if you if you found Spartacus a bunch of times, but you never got the, you never received the path tag, uh, there's now a Spartacus Merit Badge in there. It's a little patch that you can, you know, sew onto your your hat or something. Oh, cool. <laughs> And uh, so that's something that's brand new. Um, and I've got some, uh, you know, a bunch of my, uh, I called them uh, uh, geonemesis path tags. And these are all the things you encounter uh, while you're geocaching, whether it's the Popo or uh, there's one called the manager that was based on Rain Wilson from the office. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the manager comes out and asks you what you're doing in their bushes, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And then there's poison ivy and deer flies and mosquitoes and chiggers and ticks and all that other stuff. All these things that, that geocachers encounter, I made into a series of path tags. I think there's a total of 14 of them. Nice. <laughs> when you're setting the topics for the issue, how do you choose those? Uh, sometimes readers will write in and I'll give credit if they do. Uh, the geocaching garb, I think, is the name of, of the previous issue or maybe this issue. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, yeah, it is this issue. I'm pretty sure. Uh, was uh, uh, submitted by uh, a friend of mine named Ken Hartland. He sent the uh, the suggestion in. So uh, I, uh, I thought, well, that, that sounds good. What do you wear while you're geocaching and why do you wear it? You know, um, so it's kind of random. Uh, usually I dream it up at some point. Uh, I think I came up with the one of the current issue, which is basically what's your favorite archive geocache uh, that you'd like, you know, you wish you could go or, or made a big impact on your life or something. Um, so yeah, it's, it's mostly me. Occasionally it's a reader submitted suggestion. Okay. And where can people go to keep watch for those topic announcements so that they can contribute to it? That's a good question because normally I send out an email to my, all the people that have, that have subscribed over the years, get an email saying, Hey, this is the topic of the next issue. And it's kind of random. I don't necessarily publish it anywhere except for in the magazine. I take it back. If you look, I've started recently. If you look at the at the editor's notes in the magazine, I usually include the next topic in that section. So that would be on page one of the magazine. Um, you'll see that information. And I'm going to double check to make sure I didn't miss this issue. Yes. The next issue's topic gone, but not forgotten. So that's 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 going to be on page one or you can check your current issue to see what the next issue's topic is going to be. And I'm going to, I, I should be able to continue doing it in that way. And then I'll be sending up notices also. Okay. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the magazine that I maybe didn't ask you? Yeah. Uh, well, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look here. Uh, I've got a little list here. I, I, I made some, uh, a little cheat sheet, uh, First of all, I think we talked about uh, prior to the show, um, I'm trying to uh, give back a little bit to people who, who listen to the podcast and listen to my episodes of podcast. And one thing I was going to say is that uh, on the uh, publication date of this podcast, if, uh, if you subscribe on that day, I will include an additional path tag in your, path tag, in your uh, swag pack. You already receive a, uh, the current cryptozoology path tag, uh, Dover uh, Demon. And then you'll get an additional random path tag uh, from my collection um, if you subscribe on that day. Um, you also... So by that day, <laughs> I guess we should tell them that the air date is what we're referring to. And that right. is January 3rd. Yeah. So if somebody is listening to this after the uh, the fact, then it may be... Uh, 
they're listing it from a month or so after it's it's aired yeah, yeah, unfortunately it's, it's you won't a... get to participate <laughs> but yes it, january 3rd is for january all those 3rd. out there listening uh i tell you what just uh because that's a good point some people do listen later in the week go ahead and let's just make it for the week of uh, january 3rd through 10th third through 10th okay that subscribe during that time you get an extra path tag january 3rd through 10th yeah and tell them shadow dragon one sent you so there i can... You <laughs> and you can get a gene evangelist tag. i i've got a couple actually i've got really? uh one full set awesome and I'm, i've got the bronze of this i've got a second set started i've got a bronze of my second set started so i've got well, a uh, path so tag holder i 3d printed just for those and i'm hoping to Jeez. to fill it all the way up eventually <laughs> Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. That's a that's a big help when people evangelize. I mean, it's it's a great magazine. I really enjoy it. My favorite part is I, I like looking at the milestones because I'll see names of people, people I've met yes. on there, which is which is always neat. But I love the little um all the little sidebars, the geo snippets and the tips and the discovered wild geocaching. There's just some really comical stuff in those it's always fun to see those those are my favorite parts i mean the articles are really really interesting too but those are my absolute favorite and the little cartoons and stuff in there the little quick bites i i like to think of them as is yeah those are definitely i like this one of my challenges is trying to sprinkle enough of those onto a page to make every page interesting whether you're reading the article or not (laughs) yeah it's they they're fun. Well, you know, you don't always have time to sit down and read the full article, depending on what is happening, or you maybe you're trying to read the full article and then you have pets that need addressed or kids <laughs> or whatever. And so, you know, it's nice to be able to just open it up and, oh, I've only got a couple minutes, but I can open it up and, and check out some interesting snippets real quick if I only have a few minutes to get to look at it. So. Absolutely. And that's the nice thing about a magazine format. You can lay it on the table and you can pick it up anytime you want. Uh, yeah, it's not going to go away. Uh, you don't have to bookmark it. <laughs> uh, uh, but speaking of the magazine and and uh, and the content, uh, I was going to also offer to anyone who wants to see a PDF of the current issue. Uh, if you'll email me at ftfguy at ftfgo.com, I will send you a uh, digital version of the magazine uh, for you to peruse if you're uh, considering subscribing. So uh, just send that to to FTFGuy at FTFGO.com and I'll get you a copy of the magazine that you can look at yourself. Uh, Also wanted to mention that um, I am uh, offering, uh, if you're a host of a geocaching event and you'd like to have a door prize, uh, email me at that same address, and I will send you a door prize to give away at your event. Uh, it's usually a uh, magazine or possibly a one-year subscription. Kind of depends on what I'm uh, what I'm in the mood for at the time. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but uh, that's one way I try to get the word out about the magazine. If you're having an event and you've got 50 people showing up, if I can send you a door prize giveaway, that's that's a win-win situation for everybody. Absolutely, that's. You know, if anybody's with a geocaching association listening out there, and I know a lot of them try to have yearly or bi-yearly events for their members, and that might be a great thing to offer as a prize. 
absolutely. Um, we've already explained the geoevangelism thing where you can get a, a tag for referring other subscribers. Well, new first time subscribers. So, uh, I, yeah, I think that's everything I've got that I wanted to add to to uh, promote the magazine. Okay. If if people look at this, they'll they'll see sometimes some familiar faces in here, not just people they may have met. Um, geocaching, but the geocaching vlogger has been in here. Uh, the current issue has actually shows Hailmeister celebrating a milestone. So there's different different well-known geocachers who also contribute and and show up in the magazine too. So if they're big fans of those people that's that's something to look for when you're going through there is if you see something absolutely from yeah. them and uh var of harkin yeah. lee katz who has uh become a friend of mine thanks to this podcast i know he likes to contribute and he's had several good articles yeah posted in it as well so if you're looking through stuff he doesn't have one in every issue but i definitely recommend checking out lee's articles when when they're in there Thank you so much for, for joining me today and, and taking the time out of your busy day to do this and telling us all about, about the magazine. I really do appreciate you doing this with me. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate being on. It's uh, I always like talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. If you'd like to get in touch, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or go to geocacheadventures.org and you can find the information on the contact page. Theme music is by The Travel Bugs. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and pictures all submitted by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself and I love it. My favorite part is the little snippets on the edges of the articles on all the different pages. Those are my favorites. Just go to ftfgeo.com to check them out and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. 